I'm getting a cold sore. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 106, entitled Joseph Jason. His is a story of redemption and triumph. From where he started, where he's been, and where he's heading, it's an amazing story. So buckle up. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media and... If you would, please give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, things just got a whole lot worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That is is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic, which is Joseph Jason this week, and then we finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. What up, Chris? Hey, Jay. First of all, it is so nice to be back with you, gents. I uh, I was out last week just with extreme busyness, I guess. Yeah, we missed you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, and I miss you guys, and I miss seeing uh, Justin and Lauren, but... Uh, well, you I saw heard, them when you watched it. Right, and I heard everything went well from you guys personally, and, and that's awesome. But I'm going to start with some good and bad for this week. My good and bads blend together. I'll bet they do. Right? Kind of like a do better, can't do better. Almost like that. Mm. And um, so I, I have two examples. So and these are just small potatoes, but just, you know, little things that basically my bad is why can't I just have a good that's a good without like some bad the, the, tagging the on? The other foot being yeah. dropped. For example, I just set up my um, my disc golf basket in my backyard that I got for Christmas from my lovely wife. And I just did that today as I was grilling food that I will talk about in a few minutes. And um, awesome. So excited to have it set up. So excited that I can practice my putting and, and, and you know get a little better at my, at my new favorite sport. Now, my elbow, as I've talked about on the show before, has, has hurt over the past year. I've had some tendonitis issues, but I've rested it for months. It has felt good the couple times I've gone out on the courts this year. Wouldn't you know, like putting... I don't know why it hurts more than mm. than anything else. So, which is the least amount of movement you're doing? Yes, I must least be tensing stress. up wrong or doing something. But anyway, that's frustrating, man. So exciting to be out there putting, and yet now my elbow is yeah, hurting. Yeah, that's really frustrating because right? you're like, oh, I'll give it like five months off or three months off or whatever, and yep. you'll be fine. Yep, yep, twinge. Yep. And like people get hurt, like playing football, mm-hmm. skydiving, mm-hmm. Uh, boxing, mm-hmm. MMA. Oh uh, yeah. I just, not just disc golf. No, just putting. Putting. <laughs> That's got to be so frustrating. <laughs> right. I, I bet it was cooking the meat on the grill. That's, that could have that, been, that's what that could have been could it. Be, yeah. Could be. yeah. A couple flare-ups I had to deal so with. That's so that's good and bad. Yeah, good. I'm sorry, man. And that bad. Sucks. Well, thanks. And the other quick example is 
I got my vaccine at the end of last week. And that's a good thing. You know, you think, okay, got my vaccine. That's good. Let's check that off the list. Awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there were some after effects, and you know, you feel sick for a day and whatever. Sure. But that's not it. You're putting nanobots in your body. I mean, there we go. <clears throat> Oh, Brian. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I fully support the vaccine so, for other people. Anyway, I got it. Great. And now, as sometimes happens to me, I'm getting a cold sore. Getting a stupid cold sore on my lip because Yeah. It's the vaccine. As as yeah. often like that and that'll happen to me like either when I'm really like I get high anxiety or uh, why did or, you just move away from me? Or ladies of <laughs> ladies of the night. As Michael Scott would say, ladies of the night. That's right. Or if I if I get sick, right, and mm-hmm. then like your it's like your immune system's down or whatever, and so like boom, if you get a cold, you get a cold sore, or yeah, it can happen that way, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I haven't had one in in quite a while. Hmm. Well, guess what? Now I have one. Well, have you been sick in quite a while, or have you been generally healthy? I feel yeah, like you've been generally, pretty decent. Yeah, 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 and low anxiety too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I so I'm blaming the vaccine. Glad I got it. A lot but, of things uh, going on. Of course, there's something else that goes along with it. Yeah, so that's there's, there's hurts there. There's there's some things attached to that. I mean, I'm just to saying, the like, there's, there's something no, 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 attached no. to my lip. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 like the whole shoe dropping. Yes. The other shoe jo- we've yeah. talked about that before. I mean, right. the, why can't know? something that's good just be good? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sorry. You know, I, it is good. I, good dinner. There it is. Yeah. I, um, the pic will be on our, uh, on our, on our website. Proud to take that picture on my grill tonight. It was my first time grilling for the season. I made some, uh, chicken thighs. Chicken fresh from bone in, fresh from all. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you, I grill, skin on. Yes. So you got to go slow. I did, I went very slow, and it's, I still had some flare ups to deal with, but I yeah, handled yeah. it. I handled Atta it. Boy. So it's a <laughs> it's a garlic lemon mostly uh, marinade. You use a, you use an entire bulb of garlic and wow. juice from a lemon and lots of olive oil, and you just you know let it marinate. I only could marinate it for a couple hours this time. I would like to go longer, but that's all right. Um, put it on the grill. And I didn't overcook the chicken this time. Mm. Eric, chicken you know how I didn't overcook the chicken? Oh. <laughs> I used my new electronic thermometer. Yeah, you did. Boom. Got to keep it away from the bone. Yeah. yeah I that, think the bone I, gets hotter. It will. Yeah. Well, it, It'll mess with things. Especially oh. if you're brickling it. It gets hotter? Brickle. Man, I, I don't think I put it. I hope. I don't know. I hope I did Well, it you're right. not sick, and you didn't overcook it. Parasites. You would have undercooked it, because if you have it Parasites. on the... Yeah. If you have it on the bone, it gets too hot. Gotcha. And so the meat is not cooked. Right? I'll remember that next time. It tasted good. I'm sure it did. Yeah. And the nice thing about chicken thighs, you can just hammer it. You can cook it forever. Well, I used to, used to as in last time, sure. overcook chicken. <laughs> like all the time. Overcook chicken. And I even, I looked at it. I'm like, oh, I don't need to take the temperature yet. It's you know, like, it, it can go longer. But I decided to do it. It was already up to like 180. And I was like, whoa, That's okay. pull it off, pull it For off. For a thigh? Yeah, that's fine. Well, see, not only is this podcast solving your emotional needs problems, it's helping you become a better cook. It's true. So, see, it's what it's true. It's true. it's true. Well, what's good for me is the scratches all over my body. That's great. Uh, oh, because so fun. Because that's- I've been building, <laughs> I've been building a disc golf course on our yes. church property, and uh, cutting down a bunch of trees and a bunch of branches, and I bought myself a either eight or nine foot pole saw. Um, and it's you know, being in ministry, we don't get a lot of. I don't get a lot of reports. You, you don't, what impact am I having? I don't know. You know, you got your people that were like, Hey, that was great. Okay. But coming from a sales background, you get a sales report. Well, I know that I cut down about, I don't know, three trees and 60 branches today. So, and it's exciting and there's not that many disc golf courses out this way. And it's, and, and as it, as it has evolved, 
it's a real nine hole disc golf course like your language about the whole holes. thing has evolved too like well, like your excitement just keeps going up and up and now i'm excited about it like at first it was like oh okay Jay, you're, jay's you're playing in the woods you're gonna get like three holes maybe right jay's right. got a pipe dream basically right right but now it's like i can see the vision your vision yeah. casting and right. that's and even today like insane. i was there and hunter was there and he's hunter is my nephew and he works for the church as our uh, facilities coordinator janitor and uh, he's like, so are you going to contact the insurance company and make sure that this and that? Are you going to have to post a sign that says we're not liable for whatever? And Do we I was need like, like elder, th- elder trustees? The tr- okay. uh, at some point, I'll have, have to tell the trustees. <laughs> okay. I'll in due time. All right. So what? that's good. What's bad is still great. Um, I'm at Big Lots earlier tonight, and I'm walking along the back of the store. So... It's, they put you know, all the good stuff. I'm back going there. left to right. No, Big Lots. By the way, they're they're they've changed. Their byline should they've be changed. everything you didn't come in here for. <laughs> right. Every time I go in there, I'm like, all I need is this. I'm disappointed every time I go it. in there anymore. I used to be really Aww. happy every time I went in there, and now I'm not. Now you're sad. I don't need a couch. So I'm walking along the back, and there's a woman. Now the back aisle, a little wider than the other aisles, and she's standing right in the middle. There's nobody else in the store, so I kind of do the step hard because she's not moving and then as i get within five feet of her i kind of squeak the tennis shoe off the floor and she doesn't move and so i say excuse me and she goes and she steps forward and as i pass her i go thank you so much and she says could have gone down a different aisle Ah, social distancing you know and here it is i went like this i went oh good point I just kept going. Wow. Like, literally, I was Such one aisle away. She wanted me to go all the way down, go across, and then all the way back so that I wouldn't be within six. And it, it was so funny because, bless her heart, what she, what's going, you know, I don't know. That she scared Jay. The quarantine and the virus and everything else. I don't know that it changed people. I think it made people more of what they are. Mm. So I don't know if she was a sweet lady 18 months ago. I don't think so. Mm. But Probably not. I was so happy to just say, good point. Hey, have a good day. Bye now. And not even like a smart ass. You are a better man than me. Well, we've documented that. So. <laughs> 106 episodes. <laughs> um, and as far as food goes, you know, my birthday was Monday. I had a great birthday. Everything was good. And somebody said to me, well, you eat steak every day, Jay. So, like, what's your birthday dinner? Just a bigger steak? But I bought myself some crab meat. Which I never, ever do. And everyone goes, oh, like the fake stuff. And I'm like, no, like crab meat. And I poached it in some butter with some garlic and some red pepper flakes. Yeah, you did. And I put a bunch of it right on top of the steak. And it was fine. (laughs) I was so excited. And I sat down and I was like, it's fine. Aw. But you ate ate crab today, though. No, that was Monday. You ate crab Monday, though. Yeah. And I'm going to eat crab later tonight. That's fantastic. I'm hopefully do it better when I have my 10 o'clock dinner. There you go. So, Brian, what's up with you? Man, um... I got to tell you, my good is I am so excited for the Mitlow birthdays. Like, birthday week for the Mitlows has now become a... It's a big week. It's become a joy for me, especially mm-hmm. this year because they're 16, 18, and 50, old. baby. 50, yeah, 50 <laughs> And that's significant. And, and I'm really, really happy to be able to be in this place where I can join you in that. All of you in that. You know, I, I've talked to Bella. I've talked to Joe. I've talked to you. And it's just... It's really cool to have those milestones and then and, and to have people there with you to celebrate that. Um, so, I mean, honestly, man, uh, that's my good. Um, Aw. 
you know, th- and, and things are just generally good. I have some good things happening at work. I have some good, you know, new directions. I've shared that with you. I don't want to like get too far into that, but, um, like, like legacy kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, like things that you've been talking about or thinking about or planning for and working towards when you start to see that vision, um, you know, start to come to pass. That's, that's like spine tingling. It's exciting. And that's, that's, I've had some really cool discussions this week and, and things happen wow. like that. Um, so, and, and it's March. I'm looking at my pool and I'm going, man, <laughs> I'm shocked you haven't brought your pool up yet. <laughs> I've just brought it up now. And, um, like, um, I have a plan for that. Um, I booked a, I booked a trip for Lex and I, um, it's our 20th anniversary this year. Wow. So, so I booked a, um, the place that I stayed at a couple of weeks ago when I went down to Florida, um, I got the exact same hotel. It's like right on the water and the hot tub and the dude, I booked it. I got five nights there. The, the, the rate's incredible. And we did it. Like we did it together. And, when are you going? Um, m- over my birthday, like May 18th to the 23rd, I think wow. it is. So my, my birthday wow, is May 20th. That's a trip. So dude, we were talking about it. I haven't, we haven't been away five days. Yeah. Oh, that hotel room. Cool <laughs> boy. Um, days. yeah, it's I'm so days. excited. It's going to be fantastic. Days. And, and <laughs> you're like, Five, five nights, five nights. But well, I think four and nights. nights. I, I four can't, nights. I can't uh, remember what it mind. is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's barely worth it. Yeah, it's not. I can't even do it anymore. I'm done. No, that is a, It's very exciting. Well, we were talking about it, and it's like you know, as as kids, when you first get married, it's like. Um, we'll do whatever we want. We'll do whatever we want when, whenever we want. And your parents are like, nah, wait till you have kids. Everything changes. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And then everything changes. All of a sudden, we were talking, it, it, this is our 20th anniversary. And it's like, we haven't been anywhere together by ourselves for an extended period of time for 12 years. 12 years. It's a long time. That's At, a full child. I always, I heard that, I heard that Pink Floyd song back in high school where they're like, and then one day you find 10 years has got behind you. Mm. No one told you when to run. You've missed the starting gun. You know, and I, I like to think I haven't missed life. I like to think I've lived my life day by day. But all of a sudden, it's like 12 years. Well, and if we're going to be, you know, again, not a Christian podcast, but Christians doing a podcast, the two shall become one. Well, so that new creation that was born when you guys got married 20 years ago, 12 years ago. It got not got ignored, but you haven't had that time. There were other limbs that came off that new creation. If we're a tree, sure, yeah. yeah. And I won't even make a joke like "Be careful when you're down there." That everyone like in the bar and stuff like that aren't like Brian's back. And <laughs> everybody's like, "There's that guy. There's that guy. Remember what he did?" I don't know. So I won't make that joke at all. I paid those people off well. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, that's good. I, I don't know what the bad really is. I mean. I, I just don't have a bad the the food I think would be also the good I'm really excited about talking to Joseph here yes I'm really excited about it um I feel like you I, I don't know you I've never met you but don't say you feel like you connected with me <laughs> no 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 I, I don't like you I'm saying like we might wrestle I'm not, we're not. no 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 but I mean like like they're they're like you you walk in you you meet people and you know that there's a lot of layers and and stories and things like that and I'm really excited about that that's um, one of the things that really gets me going in life is to is to hear people's stories sure. you know um, discover where they've been what makes them who they are and that's why we do this podcast one of the reasons Um Food tonight. We did the whole uh, it, Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Yeah, well, that's we we are remiss for not we, mentioning that. Yes, so I, I'll take that on myself. And who's uh, Irish in here? 
I am. I'm, I'm a, a little bit. I'm a quarter. Um, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but she sounded like it. Um, so we we did the we did the corned beef and the mashed potatoes thing. We didn't do any coleslaw or not coleslaw uh, sauerkraut, but um, we did the other things and and turned out well. My kids actually ate everything I made, and you know that's a win. It is a win. Yeah. So another win is having Joseph Jason with us. Absolutely. Joseph yeah. is the brother of Michelle, who is sitting at the table with us just about every week and is with us now virtually at Hi, the Michelle. table. And uh, hey, sis. I have known about Joseph for 20-some-odd years or so, probably about 22, 23 years. Uh, Michelle and I became good friends about that time, and Joseph had a lot going on in his life then and a whole lot more now in a different direction. And we, he has a lot to say about the things we talk about in a lot of ways. And so, Joseph, I'm glad you are here. Uh, when I watch one of your videos, and people can find you at Facebook, Joseph Jason. Is that where predominantly? Yeah, Joseph Jason, yeah. No other avenues. That's your main thing, or do you do Instagram and say uh, Joseph Jason five three seven nine is my Instagram. Okay, um, but your hub would be Facebook. Facebook, and yeah. I have a business page, which is personal and business is the same. Joseph Jason. Okay, so. and there's videos that you can watch, and that's how I sort of got reacquainted with Joseph was watching one of his videos that Michelle shared, and. It just struck me because he was talking about his life and the way he was raised, and it was just like a lot of us in a lot of ways in that, you know, there wasn't really this traumatic experience, much as I know, but he just felt alone. And so just let us know who you were. We'll get to know who you are, but who you were growing up, why did you feel alone, and what happened from there? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to meet everyone. Um, Jay, you know me a lot longer than I've known you, and that kind of freaks me out. I'm a little bit weirded out. There was you were more noteworthy 22 years ago. I know it was 20 plus years. It was it was back then. It was like two years. No, 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 no. It was back then. Follow me. I haven't been. No, no. It was 22 years, and then two months ago. Yeah. And I want to say I was praying for you the whole time. That would be a lie. As every once in a while, I would throw it up and say, "Oh, I hope he's okay." And apparently you were. Yeah, I was. Uh, and then whenever we met for lunch and you told me, you know, how you and Michelle had met. And from there, it was uh, pretty amazing. So and it was funniest part is he said, well, when's the last time you saw Michelle? And I was like, I don't know, my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think she did come to Trey's viewing. Trey or Michelle will uh, comment on that. But I'm pretty and sure. Trey is. My son. Mm -hmm. where, yeah, my son passed away. And mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Michelle came to that. So, okay, it's only been seven years. Okay. But alas, growing up. Yeah, you know, for me... Uh, local boy? Local. You grew up in McKeesport, born and raised. Oh, well, I'm we'll, sure you all We'll bring up McKeesport. Yeah. I teach in McKeesport. He there. Oh, really? Yeah. At the high school? Yeah, no, at uh, McClure Elementary. Francis, McClure, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, teach awesome. some music you know for the little ones. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, that's my... Yeah. I, in fact, I've been there. This is my... One, this might be my twentieth anniversary at uh, really? at, in McKeesport teaching. Dude. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's yeah. amazing. Anyway, on to you. <laughs> that's that's actually really exciting. It's amazing. I mean, because everybody they're so impressionable, right? You know what you're giving them. I love it. I do. That is awesome. I um, yeah. For me, you know, growing up, born and raised in McKeesport, um, <clears throat> you know. And you can say the mean streets of McKeesport. I mean, it's it's not like, let's not sugarcoat it. It, it can be tough down there. I mean, it can be, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's, you know, and, and yeah, 
you know, back then it was, and mm -hmm. even more so now, I think. But I think what the point of my life was, you know, I, the youngest of four kids, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the only boy. Um, right there is the difference, you know, mm -hmm. a gap, so to speak. And then you have the age gap. <clears throat> you know, there was a few years difference between my sister who was closest to me in age at that time. And, you know, when you're young, that's that's a really big difference. You know, I'm 10 years old and they're 13, 14 and 16, you know, and we're doing wildly different things yeah. at that age. Too old know. to hang out with. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm more of an annoyance than anything. You know? Sure. You feel so, you uh, feel alone, like you're kind of on an island as that kid. Yeah, I did. You know, and my parents divorced when I they separated when I was young. Mm. So um, my mom had primary custody of us. You know, she worked a full time job, uh, McKeesport Hospital. You know, she was there until she retired. So, mm. you know, work working the eight to four shift and then coming home and you know having to raise four children. You know, you kind of just for me, I just learned to do things on my own, mm -hmm. you know, granted, they might not always been the best decisions, you know, because, sure. you know, you're learning, you know, you're experiencing life. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're the youngest, Jay, you're the youngest of five children. That's and right. like, I just, one of, one of the things that you've said is when you're like, you went to your mom for something and she's like, oh, honey, I, I said to her, I said, mom, I said, mom. I'm learning, know, the I'm learning the love burn, by the way. <laughs> it's it's mutual. But I said to my mom one time, I said, you know, so-and-so did this to me, one of my older brothers or sisters. Yeah. And I said, Mom, don't you care? And she goes, oh, honey, I can't. Like, her, her cup was so full to overflowing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm all alone. She had, all right. she had nothing left to give you. Right. And, right. and uh, you know. And let alone coming home after eight, mm -hmm. nine hours at the hospital. Yeah. It wasn't like, Joseph, let's talk about your day all day and let's me meet all your needs. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Did the best you could. Did the best she could. I, I, I will, you know, looking back, it didn't, when you're young, it doesn't seem that way. No. It's only when you're older and, you know, you have children of your own or your families and whatnot that you, you see how hardships affect people and how they affect, you know, emotions and decisions and whatnot. So I'm quite sure she did the best that she could right. with what she had, you know. Um, for me though, <clears throat> it was, I kind of just adapted to being alone. Mm. You know, I, knew people wow. I knew you know I had I would say I had friends but nobody that I ever really felt loyal or connected to couldn't be real yeah you know what I mean like if I'm like I really enjoyed skateboarding back then so there was a group of people Tony who liked Hawk. to skate right Tony Hawk right <laughs> Steve Peralta loved all that um I could definitely see you doing that too. I didn't. I, I hated hurting myself. <laughs> now I'm like, ah, whatever. I hurt myself all the time. <laughs> but yeah, there was a group, there was a, you know, a group of guys, cause it was really big back then. So a group of people and, but sometimes I was invited. Sometimes I wasn't, mm. you know, more often than not, I wasn't. Mm. But again, it was, I've kind of became adaptable to just doing it on my own. Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> Everything, you know, I, I used to walk everywhere, you know, back then, you know, I have a bicycle, but <laughs> ride a bike, walk everywhere. And it just kind of became the norm for me. You know, it really wasn't anything that was out of the ordinary for me, I guess. So I, I, I when I look back on it, I think I just was processing it a lot differently. I didn't feel a need for validation. Yeah. I didn't feel a need to, to make 
you know, uh, uh, an overwhelming effort to fit in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, well, that's it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I feel you in that. Like yeah. just the that it becomes normal. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you were talking about kids obviously, you know, being so impressionable. Sure. And like when you're growing up, I mean what the world the world as it is becomes what it's supposed to be in your mind. You know what I mean? Sure. Like your experience is that's normal. Like it doesn't okay, matter. Sure. You know, your yeah. perception is well. This this is it's just this how way it for is. Everybody. And some yeah. other and other other people might view that differently, and they might view it more, you know, traumatically. But I didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and it wasn't until uh, it was during my adolescence. You know, my my teenage years. I'd say probably around sixteen years old is when I started to veer off a path and become more involved with other people like, you know, drinking, you know, I'm in high school, so I'm drinking and eventually, you know, smoking marijuana, smoking weed. And that led into other things and led into meeting other people that were doing the same thing. So now we're talking about altering states, altering mental states, you know, your emotional states and whatnot. And, you know, obviously those are in the moment feel good things for you. Mm -hmm. So being around those people um, in that moment, in those moments, felt good. Sure. You know, you're accepted. That, you feel like you belong to something. Accepted, mm -hmm. right. But in my mind, it was never uh, like a true acceptance because I, I knew that, you know, when you're talking about drugs and things like that, like at some point, you know, during sobriety, I knew that that, That's not wasn't, what you, that right. wasn't natural. So to, right. that wasn't natural, you know, so to speak. But. You played there's, the game. There's a superficial acceptance to all of that, that whole life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, <clears throat> and so, myself, just so you know, that's sort of Brian's story. Okay. It's not really Chris's story. It's not <laughs> my story. Not, well, <laughs> less so. <laughs> but that is Brian's story. Okay. That's a very similar path in a lot of ways up to about this point. Yeah. Uh, I've, about this point. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> but for me, that, uh, that, essential downward spiral that I was on it just started to progress mm -hmm. exponentially and before I knew it you know I was just involved in stuff that was just unfathomable at that you know at that time you know criminal behavior criminal things and again 16 17 18 years old yeah like that, those years mm -hmm. yeah and what's going on in your for lack of a better term, your mind and your heart, as you're doing worse and worse things, mm -hmm. you know, do you have to like cognitively separate it? Like you're watching yourself do it? No, I wasn't. Not at that time. I wasn't. I was so, let's just say, far gone, mm -hmm. where I was getting to that point that there was there was no separation anymore. So it became that mindset. It, it became it, not necessarily not necessarily a mindset. It became habitual, mm -hmm. almost like habit. You know how we we form habits <clears throat> and so through repetition of what i was doing that just started to become habitual uh -huh. and it it's and and then again the impressionability yeah your new normal <laughs> yes it's it, exactly it seemed like that was the normal thing and like everybody else that wasn't doing this was not what just they couldn't relate lame you know what i mean you could say a lame mm -hmm. or couldn't relate or whatnot. Right. And uh, 
I was trying to be nice, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> sure. I understand. Like, well, like, yeah. like you're on this level, and you're like well, looking say. down at all these people. I, I see you. Like, you have no I, idea. I feel like I'm on this right. level, right. right? Exactly. But right. we both know that that's. But that's, you didn't know that at the time. Is your point? You're, you did not. You're know out that. on an island. Like, you, yeah. like you feel like you're on solid ground, looking down at all these people. But then you're sure. actually out on an island. Like, really, wow, you are, you are, and um, in a very short time, that uh, things just got wildly out of control mm. and you know before i knew it i'm getting sent to prison for you know 30 years mm. and uh that's whenever things really start to you know that's a big number that's the reality yeah, right? yeah. that's a reality. big number yeah absolutely and was that a you know you have a turnaround moment but in the moments when that's happening when well you hear I'll, I'll, say, I'll lead up to saying this sure. you know everything that i was doing prior to that all, all the criminal things that i was involved in you know which were essentially you know robberies and you know uh, just being involved with very bad people being associated with very bad people and ultimately led to another man's death yeah you know that i was essentially responsible for um, all that was the, you know, that 30 years was the culmination of that life. Sure. You know, that short amount of period, that's what that, that's what that came to. And rightfully so. And, you know, I tell this to anybody, it should have been life in prison for me. Mm, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should have been life in prison for me. And yet it wasn't. And it wasn't. And what helped uh, that turnaround? <clears throat> good lawyer. <laughs> I kind of meant after that, no, but do you no. want to plug your lawyer at this point? In time? No, 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 no. We do need a sponsor. Steidel and Steinberg. I'm only half joking about that because we are talking about somebody else's life, right? You know, yeah, like yeah, that. sure. But no, there, there's more details to that, which you know, people that are very close to me know, and which will eventually come out. Sure. Um, but my lawyer was instrumental in, in, you know, because I had no idea how the legal system worked, essentially. Sure. Or you know. If if it would have been just me going in there, then it, it would have been toast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but as far as when I went away, I mean, I was 20, I just turned 22 years old. Mm -hmm. 22 years old. And uh, I was in the county jail for, um, I'd say about two and a half years waiting, pending um, the disposition of the cases and whatnot. And for mm -hmm. me to actually get sentenced, which would send me what we call upstate you know to the sure. state penitentiary man that is i mean that's already such a long time <laughs> yeah like, two and a half years yeah i mean it really... waiting to hear what the rest of your life is going to look like right God. yeah and what's the mindset then you know the so in the beginning numb? in the county jail the mindset was there was a little bit of numbness yeah it the change hadn't occurred then right i'll be completely transparent the change hadn't occurred like it will when i explain it it did because it was like a waiting it was you're you're still waiting you're still in limbo there's a chance yes. i might i might just get out tomorrow and, yeah. and i'll just go back to doing what i'm doing and absolutely right absolutely you know yeah. and i very well could have gotten a life sentence and i was prepared for that because mm -hmm. i felt i will say that at that time during that time that i was in the county jail i would have welcomed that because i knew that mm. my actions warranted that sure mm. um but so you're already feeling a heavy amount of guilt I already, I already, and responsibility. And, absolutely. Yeah, at absolutely. that point. Oh, my God, of course. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was accepting of that. I was accepting that if they decided to give me that amount of time, even whatever they were going to give me, I was, in, I was under the – I was in the mindset 
that, you know, I was never coming home. Hmm. I was never coming home again. But I, I deserve that. I deserve that. You know what I mean? So uh, hmm. it was only until after I was actually sentenced, whenever it like officially, because you really don't, you really don't feel, I don't know how to put this. You really don't feel the impact the weight. until the judge actually says, you know, I sentence you to yeah. this amount of term and this amount of term in a state correctional facility. Hmm. You know, it really doesn't hit you because, again, you need to hear that, I guess, or so. So whenever that happened, that's whenever things, you know, really became it was just another level of how I was feeling, you know. And then whenever I got sent, which was immediately thereafter sentencing, wow. they uh, they sent me to uh, SCI Pittsburgh, which is, we call Western Penitentiary, the wall. Um, that's whenever that next level of like, yeah, this is the world you're about to live in, you know? And uh, ironically enough, me growing up, my my myself growing up and feeling that aloneness how i felt is the same way i felt in there mm. even though i mm. was surrounded by everybody else that was convicted of some type of crime as i was right there was still like a huge separation for me um i when, never got really close to anybody i was gonna say when you're there yeah. you know we talk about one of the successful components of a relationship is being open and honest and vulnerable I can't imagine you could be any of those three things mm. in prison. None. None. <laughs> and so, therefore, of course you're going to feel alone. Because even if you have a best friend or a guy who's got your back, right. we don't really know. Mm -hmm. And you don't know the story. Yeah. And, well, you know, and obviously a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, in prison, um, gangs pretty much control everything. Mm. <clears throat> so, if you're not part of a gang, you're essentially can be in different different categories you know maybe you might be recruited at some point you know as i was approached multiple times um and you stayed away from that yes okay. every which is a whole other story which is things that i did in there were kind of like unheard of mm -hmm. that you know what i mean and uh you know whenever you're approached and and you know and it's very very subtly because it's people that you see every day you know it's not it's you know you're, you're in a closed environment you're surrounded by thousands of other people. You see them every day. You know who's who. That becomes your community. That yeah, becomes exactly. your support group. That becomes your everything. I don't know like, about support group. Well, I mean, but but <laughs> it's all you that's got. your problem. Social it's, social group. It's, I mean, it's, in a way. It's, it's a, yeah, it's its own social group. Mm -hmm. And so, be, whenever you're approached, you know, at some point, you know, it's usually by somebody that you're already familiar with. You know, and a conversation ensues about you know right. a brotherhood. Or, you know, being together, being one and whatnot. And I had always declined. Mm. I, I declined three times, three different three different groups. groups. Yeah. Mm. And usually whenever you're approached like that, there there is no refusal. Well, I was just going to say, it doesn't there seem like, hey, let us know what you think. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look at the papers. Get back to yeah, us. We're, it, having it, a, we're having a mixer on, on Saturday. Time. Yeah, it's on your well, time. Yeah, not ours. Yeah, we don't want to, you know... Bother you. There, there used to be a show on HBO called Oz. Yeah, Oz. I mean, like, and you see people that are refusing, and then all of a sudden they're getting like curb stomped and 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 all that. Exactly. So 
I, I would. I mean, yeah. Did you face any? No. Which is which? So I carried myself in prison the way I carry myself now. You know, with integrity, with respect. Um, I respect you. I always say I respect you until you disrespect yourself. Hmm. So hmm. I leave that choice up to you. Um, you'll always get. Uh, how do I want to say? You always get the same type of um, when you meet me and we talk, you know, it's not going to be anything unless you do it to yourself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I keep saying, you know what I mean, which drives me nuts. <laughs> like, well, so far uh, we do. It's almost like a blank check that you're giving other people to write whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. So in there, <clears throat> you know, I never got involved with the gambling, got involved with the drugs. You know, I it, at one point early on, education was my outlet. You know, being involved in the education and um, further expanding myself, my knowledge in that, um, which was a, a pivotal moment in my life in prison as far as uh, the change goes. And that's probably the first time you took education seriously. I can't imagine yeah. you were a real stellar high school student per se, or were you? I was, actually. Okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, something. yeah I was. <laughs> I was a relative. Okay, so the, um, which explains why, okay, you're in prison. Okay, I can take advantage of this opportunity. Well, looking back, um, and this is actually something I've recently reflected on. So after I had gotten into the, the state system, you know, there was a moment <clears throat> that uh, the, the first pivotal moment yeah. in my life where I was standing in the yard one day and you know everybody was out in the yard and you know guys were working out or playing basketball or playing cards chess whatever doing whatever just socializing whatnot and i'm just looking around and i'm just like okay this is i'm not go i'm stuck i'm not going anywhere there is no escape is this what i want is it do i want to be this or do i want something better for myself and it was it was my subconscious becoming conscious, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was in that moment that I had made a choice for myself to kind of walk a different path in there, you know, and uh, not not walk the same path that everybody else was doing in there. And now, the can I ask how much time did you have left at that point? Like when you're thinking, how, like, are, how far in is your question? Yeah. Like, are you thinking this, I need to change things like here and now while I'm in prison? Mm -hmm. That's what it, it wasn't like when I get out soon. No, that, no, this was in the moment. And that, yeah, that is, that is a very good question because a lot of people would think, well, when did you have that, that epiphany? You yeah. Know, a year before you're about to get out. It was it was right after I got into the state system. Oh, okay. So I had been in the county jail for, I'm sorry, I can't exact, maybe two, two and a half years. So you figure two and a half years into a 30-year sentence is when it happened. Okay. So for me, mm -hmm. it was, you know, I had that, that conversation in my head. Am I going to do this in here, not knowing if they're ever going to let me out? Mm. Or am I going to wait until they say, okay, you know, you did your time, you can, and then make that change? Mm -hmm. To me, mm. it just sounded absurd. Mm. And, you know, because if I was going to be true to myself and what I was feeling in that moment, it's like, 
Do it now. You do it now. You do it in hell. You do it in the belly of the beast. Because if you can do it in here, then you can do it anything. You can do anything. You can do anything you want anywhere, mm. anytime. Little sidebar. Just I, I think that there's so much about life that if you're proactive with life, life can reward you. You know, and I think that's that's kind of what you did. You seize seize the bull by the horns and said, you know, this is this is the lemonade. You know, this is the lemons that life's given me. I'm gonna make the lemonade out of this. And uh, you know, I think a lot of times we just sit back and go, ah, you know, this is what I've been given, and and here's what I'm gonna get from it. And, and you see that a lot in prison. You see guys, they, we call them, they what they do is they call, we call it dead time. They just mm-hmm. do dead time. They'll sleep their time away. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, um, again. Play basketball, cards, work out, all three, do whatever. Find things to keep themselves occupied, mm-hmm. right, until they get out. Or some guys that are never getting out and they just continue to do that. Nothing that's essentially advancing, advancing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. elevating transformative, them, transformative. giving them a transformation. Um, you know, <clears throat> yeah, you, 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 I hate to say it, but you rarely see that. Mm. You rarely see that. And that's why you, like, do you feel that's one of the reasons why you've been able to take a 30 to a uh, a 15, get out? Because, like, you you did take the bull by the horns. You weren't just killing time. You were transforming yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, like, until you change yourself, until you you work on that from the inside out, like, you know, you are just killing time. Regardless of whether you're in prison or not. You know what I mean? And I I tell people the truth. If they would have let me out within the first eight years of my sentence, I would have been right back. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. What I was going to mentioning earlier was when that moment happened and what I've only come to realize within the last year is when I had that, that, that vision of two paths. like Brian say, take the bull by the horns, make the change, right? That change for me was in education mm-hmm. and vocational because from there I started enrolling in college and you know uh, all uh, uh, a slew of of uh, different educational programs that the state offered. The key that I realized within the last year was that was one of the what we call foundational moments that I had. See, when you, I mean, you realize that within this past year. Yes. So all, all of this timelines happen. All of a sudden, boom, something hits you recently. Mm-hmm. As, I was, as I was writing my book, mm-hmm. as I was writing my book. And what I mean by that is this. <clears throat> you know, I was, I was a, for me personally, you know, I'm at a point in my life where like I'm way down there. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about bank robbery. You're talking about robberies. You're talking about murder. You're talking about... You know, all this stuff combined with one person, you know what mm. I mean? It's a lot. And it's you. And it's me. <laughs> it's me, right? That's the skin you're in. I never even thought I'd be in that position, but I yeah. am. But I was. So to go from one, let's just say one end of the spectrum, which is this 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 criminal, right? To the other end of the spectrum, which is this person of value Mm. that feels worthy and, mm-hmm. and can accept worth, right? There's a there's a big road ahead, right? So having this this epiphany that day in the prison yard 
that mm. change doesn't doesn't just take me from here to here. And that's mm. what's so important that I think I would love for you to expand upon what you're doing. I'm, I'm interrupting you from, but too often it's like, oh, I was in the in the yard and I saw the the criminal life as you described it, the criminal sure. mindset, and then I have being something of worth. And it's not that you went. I want to be of worth. I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and live a different life. Right. It didn't happen like that. No, absolutely. It happened not. over many years at that point. A period of time. And, and the way it happened, well, I'll explain how it happened, then I'll go back to sure. this, what I've realized over the last year. So it essentially started with an education, you know, and I'm doing the education. And as I'm doing that, I'm learning, I'm experiencing more, I'm learning more. I'm, I'm, the time that I'm doing, the days that I'm spending in the education building or the the homework or the studies that I'm doing is adding to, um, is giving me an identity, mm-hmm. let's just say. And it's also, mm-hmm. you know, obviously giving me knowledge and experience. But as that came about, then, you know, things started to snowball. You know what I mean? Where it was, I said, you know what I mean again? <laughs> things started to snowball where what was it? Let's say eight, nine years into my sentence, I'm having another pivotal moment. I'm writing down all the things that are wrong with me, all the all the effed up things that are wrong with me, things that I'm that are my faults, my failures, whatnot. And I'm looking at them and I'm, you know, on a Sunday morning I'm looking at this piece of paper, crying my eyes out in my cell, mm. like I'm, who like how can I even where do I even start like mm-hmm. what like look at all this stuff that I came to terms with you know having that hard look at myself in the mirror at lunch you said to me I was, I was never suicidal but I looked at this piece of paper and thought why hasn't this guy yeah committed suicide yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and uh and that was another moment again mm-hmm. nine years into my sentence that catapulted me to that next level. And that's whenever the, the, the big changes started to happen within me, the personal growth, you know, really, truly, not only finding that identity, but identifying who I was and who I wanted to be, right? <clears throat> and going back now to the the first time, what I didn't realize then that I realized now was getting involved in that education programs the vocational programs in there if you're constantly getting in trouble you know if you're going to the whole what we call you know segregation whatnot or you're doing things that are just not what you shouldn't be doing in there they can take that educational mm. element from you mm-hmm. you know well okay if you're in the hole you're not going to school you know you're not doing this you're not working towards this degree the certificate or whatnot so and i spoke about the education being one of the foundational moments for me i knew that so for me to want to continue to be able to go to college to go to school to go to cad to go to hvac to go to you know um, mechanical engineering class i had to maintain some level of discipline within myself Mm. i had to follow the rules because if I was in there getting caught up with everybody else and all the crowds, then I was gonna then I was gonna that was gonna get taken from me. And so And that's like the one thing you can t- control. Like right. that that's your goal. That's the one thing you, I mean, other people might come at you and you know, all the other things right. about like you said, gangs pro 
this is my path. This is what I can do to control my. Yes, it is. But there, in there, you have to also remember, I'm, I'm not swimming with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. We're in the same ocean, mm-hmm. but I'm not the same as them. And so there are moments, there are instances that I can't control. I can only control myself. That's life, man. I can't control somebody else. I can't control you waking up on the wrong side of the bed Mm -hmm. that day and saying, you know what? I'm never going home. And then Mm -hmm. the first person you see, you want to stab. So Mm -hmm. as you looked at your Mm -hmm. sheet of all the things Mm -hmm. that you didn't like about yourself, habits, everything else, was there a freedom in seeing it rather than fear and instead of fearing it? Mm. Well, the fear fear was there. The fear was there because it was an overwhelming feeling. Like there's just so much here. I don't even know where to start. And so like, where, where did you start? I, where do I even start? <laughs> Tell you know me. I mean? So how did you take how did you handle it? I picked three things. I love that. I picked three things from the list and that's all I focused on. I put the list away so I didn't have to look at it. Mm-hmm. And I only focus and whenever I'm only looking at three things to work on, they're more manageable. They're more processable, you know. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I felt for me, you know, this is just for me, when I felt that, you know, I've can cross something off of that that one of those three things off then i would just take something else from the list and add to it so i never had any more than three things Hmm. and that took that overwhelming feeling away from me it took the anxiety that i can't change i can't do this away and that it just dissipated from there and so you got you slowly started getting rid of the list and then Hmm. what happens you know as i look at your website and your website, we're going to link it in all the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But I look at like the letters of recommendation. Uh-huh. You know, does it continue to snowball for you in a positive direction? Like, is it in the last five years that you're there that? Because I mean, the people who who give <laughs> you a so testimony, funny. yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, like it's there's heavy hitters all along there. The 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 district attorney who prosecuted me, right? I mean, as one of my. So how do you go from hmm. I'm a I'm a flaming piece of crap sheet of paper. Okay, three at a time, three at a time, three at a time. And so then how do you get from there to getting out in 15 years? Well, I don't know how that all happened. <laughs> do they know that you're out? Do they know that you're out? Does the prison, does the yeah. prison know I'm out? I would hope so. Otherwise, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty bad spot if they don't. Or there's got to be some changes, man, because I've been gone for eight years now. Yeah. So they don't know I'm out by that. No, go ahead. So how did you, so did, <laughs> take us from I'm a big piece of crap. Uh-huh. I'm going to do three things at a time to free in 15 of 30 years with everyone saying you're the model guy. You are how it works. Well, it, it didn't, that didn't necessarily happen um, after I got out. Oh, are you talking about me being released? Yeah, I mean, I got to believe yeah, that so was, so that, in. Yeah, so like absolutely. eight years into it, like you, you hit this epiphany, and then basically seven years after that, you're out. You're a free man. Right. You had seven intense years of shit happening. I mean, for lack of a better term, right? No, I had 15 years of intense shit happening. <laughs> well, yes, like, but you're yeah. starting to grind and work seven on years. Right. I see what years. you're saying. So, <clears throat> my original in, P- in Pennsylvania, when you're sentenced in the state system, you have a minimum and a maximum. Sure. So my sentence was. 15 to 30 years. So after 15 years, what they do is they say, okay, we are lawfully, we are by law to review your case. And we're going to make a determination on whether we're going to let you out or not. Now, from experience, right, from previous governors and administrations, 
You're not getting out on your minimum. You're doing 85% of your maximum. Mm. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. However, <clears throat> a lot of things had taken place while I was away. You know, my record of while I was in there, you know, the things that I did do, um, being part of, you know, uh, different programs and vocational programs, well, I mean, better, bettering myself, programs. right, bettering myself, you know, that catches the attention of, you know, certain administration of certain staff members and they see that, you know what I mean? So also, um, you know, my case itself, there's just a lot of things that were in sure. play that, that had taken place that whenever I finally did come up for that review, I wasn't expecting them to say, you know, you're, yeah, you can, we're going to let you out. But apparently, you know, things fell into place and they did. And here you are now. Now, I don't want to just skip seven years of your life, but I want to keep it under two hours. Yeah. yeah. You're passionate right now about teaching what you learned in that process. <sighs> Man, so I'll tell you what, Jay. Touch it's- very quickly on one of the things that impacted me the most was you talking about you went into prison and social media and the internet did not exist. Mm. Talk for a minute about habituation, or sorry, habilitation. And rehabilitation. And and your goal moving forward in in helping both, you know, Gen X and above and millennials and below. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, So yeah, one of the the biggest things, uh, shocks, I guess you can say, that um, what have occurred is when I went away, that was in February of 1998, huh. right before the internet exploded. Mm-hmm. I came home. I was 22 years old. When I stepped foot outside of those prison walls, I was 37 years old, and it was November 2012. Huh. So we're already 12 plus years into the, the, the internet age, right? In prison, you don't have that. You don't have, you know, legally, you don't have cell phones. You don't have access to the internet. You don't have legally. any of that. Yeah. You yeah. don't have any of that legally, right? Yep. You don't have any of that. Um, and so what I had was books. You know, you have books. You have the TV. Obviously, you can watch the news and things like that. What I did was I read about things like Google. You know, I was wondering, like, I hear things like what Google and, and, you know, this new app. And I'm like, what is, I remember asking my sister, Michelle, what's an app? Tell me on the phone. What's an app? Tell me what an app is. She was like, well, it's this, this thing that you can use. And it's hard to explain if you don't really know. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I don't understand. What does that mean? What does this, what does it do? And so I would read about these things that the world was now involved in, but I had not known. So coming home after all those years and be, I was, I prepared myself for what I was about to receive, you know, with the internet and things like that. It just was mind blowing to me of how society had completely changed and had completely become dependent on this new abundance of information. Mm-hmm. Which, as we know, a lot of it is irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. Because prior, that's a good word. Because <laughs> prior to the internet boom, right? The internet age, Gen X, and before, right? We had what 
a radio. We had the radio in a car with how many stations, right? You, heard, had a, you heard a song coming on the radio. I remember this, like yeah. <laughs> 105.9 X, and I remember yeah, hearing exactly. the Toadies come on. Oh like, God. you know that song, that, that Toadies song. Well, and I was like, we got to record this. Yeah. <laughs> and if we don't, we miss our chance. And yeah. now it's like, yeah. oh, I think this thing, it's on YouTube. Right. And, right. Exactly. And then you had you know the TV with how many channels. And so the news was giving us, you know, you had ABC and CBS or mm-hmm. whatever. In my mind, to me, the way I look at it is back then, everything was able to be processed because we weren't overwhelmed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with yeah. an abundance of information. But now, mentally and spiritually able to process what you're yeah. hearing, now it's just it, too much. Now it's just too much. It's all mm-hmm. it's all chatter, and you don't know what to believe. Yeah. Before yeah. you've processed one thing, the next thing is there. Even yeah. yeah, exactly. Before you've even done that, and so. Me mm. being away while all this was taking place, it was it was legit like I was on the outside looking in at the world mm. and watching all this happen and the effect that because the world experienced it. I mean, unless you're living on some Amazonian tribe and you know somewhere away, from, you know, off the grid completely, right, it's not like Pennsylvanians experience this in the little enclave. It's every in every generation. That. Right. At once, because mm-hmm. it all happened. It was boom, just like we all experienced COVID at once. Everyone experienced this. And so I had 15 years to watch mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, everyone mm-hmm. experiencing this and how this affected them and how it affected life thereafter. And it, it get, and it prepared me. It mm-hmm. prepared me for what to expect and what I can do to be proactive in not letting that me get caught up in that cycle that I saw everybody else was getting caught up in. Because huh. to me, it looked like that people just started to now just drift through life. You know, it's and there's a thing on my Facebook. <clears throat> it's a it's an animated black and white animated video, and it's it's so it's so cool, but it's so sad. And it's about social media and how it is literally shaped everything in our life today and the and it's the truth and uh it if anybody can go on there and watch it i i would recommend it's like a two-minute video it's really good nice what i think you said you know that starting with millennials is they've lived a filtered life that they see everything they can put a filter mm-hmm. on everything and everything that comes to them is filtered as well um what is your dislike? You've talked about how go back. Go Nobody has an identity. Nobody yeah. has an identity mm-hmm. anymore. Adults, young Expand kids now. We're, we're, we're so consumed with, you know, with social media, with, with IG, with Facebook, with Snapchat, with, with TikTok now, right? Right. That bef- I mean, I, I've literally caught myself scrolling through TikTok. And next thing I know, it's like five hours have gone by. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the? Like, no. Like, and I'm a, I, I am at that level where I can stop myself and be like, no, like, not no, no, no. And every little bit of information that you've just taken in in that yeah. five hours is informing you for who they want you to be. And so, for you to go out and thoroughly, and uh, um, you know, innocently discover who you're supposed to be. Right. It's all marketing. Like we, there are all oh, these course. bots and mark. Like these marketing people have made you. Who You're they not going to stop the big machine. You're not going to stop it. It's I not going to stop it. So it's how do you think? Well, I can't stop it. So how do I make it work for me? And that's where where I come in in a sense. For me, this is just me. 
where I want to help people be able to find an identity, to be able to stop and to be able to consciously recognize what they're doing. Because right now everybody is just subconsciously or, or unconsciously walking through life. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not categorizing that, the world. That is the, the problem with our society right. today. You've had a moment in prison. You were eight years into prison, actual legitimate prison, where all of a sudden it hits you like a lightning bolt. I need to I need to do something about no, this. No, that was three, years, three, okay, years, three in. years in. Okay, three years in of a 15-year. So what you're trying to do is impress upon people right now that are scrolling infinitely through facebook scrolling infinitely through instagram like not saying that they're in actual prison because you've actually been in prison and it's they terrible are. and that's what i'm that's my that's of the course, point i'm trying yeah. to get to is they're not physically they're mentally but every one of us right now is there's some kind of prison that we're either voluntarily being in or involuntarily being in or unknowingly being in and you, what you're trying to do is say hey look you're in this this is your reality is this the reality that you want to be in? Just much like you did on your own personal journey. That's what you're trying to do for other people right now is to say, you you may be very well be in this box. What are you going to do? Is this your identity? If not, who do you want to be? I mean, am, well, I, am, you, I, am I wrong? You're not that? wrong, but you but that's what you hear that from every other motivational empowering speaker. So what's different is, well, I'm going to show you because right. you're, you're going to say, well, yeah, but I, I don't know how to get out of it. Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the tools that I use, that I developed, that either I used or I developed myself and how I was able to do that. Here's one of the most important parts. When I came home, I fell right into that mm. at some point, but not in the way you think, not in the way we're talking. I fell in, 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 into it in other elements that we're not talking about tonight. But because we're only talking about the identity and the social media aspect of it and whatnot and how its effect has been on the world, right? <clears throat> but yeah, there was things that I had not prepared myself for that I didn't realize that I was going to be experiencing after I got out until I experienced them. And they were like, whoa. However, based off of what I had instilled in myself while I was away, I was able to go through that but then recognize, recognize it, it. Yep. exactly and see the benefit from that, which I'm ridiculously thankful for. More, let's say I've elevated more in the last three and a half years than I have in my life. Mm. That's a big statement. It is a big, a big statement. statement. And you've mentioned you've mentioned a book and you've mentioned motivational yeah, speaking. Can you just expand for a minute on that? Like what you're doing now, like in I guess in yeah. in a nutshell, no, um so over the last seven months I've been working with a really great production crew, uh Studio Me. Um give them a big shout out. In Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, in Pittsburgh, Keith Paris, Joe Leachko. Um they they're phenomenal. They I wanted to Again, like I said, you can't stop what's going on. So in my mind, it's like, well, how can I make it work for me? So I'm going to make social media work for me. I'm going to put this positive, inspiring information out there to capture people's attention. And I'm going to build off of that. So if they're going to be looking at it regardless, then I'm going to be part of what they're looking at. I had, I One of my favorite bands in the world is they're, they're Fish, right? P-H-I-S-H. You, know, you look like from the guy from Tears for Fears. 
Do I? Yeah. The, <laughs> not the singer, the other guy. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I grew up with Tears for Fears. I love them, but so, but my, my, one of my favorite bands it's is Fish hair. and the drummer. Um, he has this bell, you know, and like, yeah. like they're in the middle of this, this whole concert and he'll ring this bell and his excellent, like, and it's one, like maybe once a, once a whole tour, right? But his explanation for having this is like, when I ring this bell, there's just a reset. There's just this clear, all of a sudden things are a little bit different. And I feel like that's, that's one of your goals is in all of this noise and all, like the mission of what you're trying to do, you know, the, the significant moments in your life, there's been yeah. a, there's been a bell that's cut through the clutter. It's cut oh, through yeah, the noise. Absolutely. It's cut through the, like all the irrelevant moments. Mm-hmm. Boom. You hear that bell. You hear that thing. And it's a reset. And, and dude, I, I applaud you so much in that because, like you said, you know, so much of what we're doing is irrelevant, you know, and, and we, like, as you're say, as you're, as you were talking, you used the word recognize. And it was in my mind, like, like you, you are helping people recognize that there are significant moments and you're like, you're trying to be that belt. They happen every day for everyone. It's just that we don't, some, a lot of the times we don't recognize or see mm-hmm. because we're overwhelmed with everything. That's overwhelmed. Absolutely. You don't get that one significant moment because right. you're not aware mm-hmm. to even look for it mm-hmm. or notice it. And what I, you said earlier, you know, every motivational speaker can say, turn your life around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I was so impressed when we had lunch and you just talked about many different things that people can do and that you can equip them that you've learned both in prison but also in educating yourself and then since then right. that are really tangible things just even like and all that, the way back to the letter yeah or the, not the letter but the you know the list okay self-reflection self-reflection but the steps to and everybody says self-reflection great but you give the the steps in how to take that from being okay i'm looking at myself okay but how can i better myself right and not all at once but little by little and manageable steps Chunks, absolutely yeah and not going off of what chris was saying earlier that's going to be some of the tools that i want to be able to give people yeah so working with the the next step for for me was yeah. you know i did um i was fortunate to be keynote speaker at um, different conferences and whatnot uh, amongst juveniles, which was really great because, you know, obviously I was in that position, you know, and uh, at one point in my life, but thinking like, how could I take this to the next level? And so my social media, which essentially was my personal page for the last, I don't know, five or six years, has all been based around inspirational, uh, motivational quotations and, and pictures and things like that. And then I was like, well, I want to go more than that. So then I started working with Studio Me, and we started doing these professionally developed videos. They look good. Yeah, you know what I mean? And and I love them. And the great thing about them is they they see my vision, and they bring it to life. And if anybody could go on the business page and watch them, you know, they're small. They're 30, 45, one minute long. Um, And they lead up to, you know, my story. And now the next step beyond that is to still create these, but now start giving content to people that they can use in life. One of the really cool things that I like with myself is I'm a storyteller. Mm. I'm a storyteller. And so I use relevant things that happened to me while I was in prison. And now I have, you know, eight years of being out of experiences that I can also use that are relatable to people. And I, I intertwine that with, with a tool and a message 
that people can see and stop and say to themselves, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I can see do it that. that way. So changing their perspective, yeah. giving them a new perspective, which essentially is like, you know, my tagline, empowering through perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you, are you strictly producing videos and things right now? Or are you doing any in-person things? Like if people wanted to find you and said, Ooh, I want that dude to speak yeah. to so-and-so or to a group. So they can go to the website, josephjason.com. Um, there's an inquiry page. So you can, you know, name, email, uh, general question or whatnot you want to know. My Facebook business page. Um, yeah, any, any, any of those ways you can get in touch with me. Yeah, and we'll definitely have all that information on our website on the yeah, show notes as well. Awesome. And your book. So I'm working on that still. Oh, okay. Uh, yep, that's in the process of nice. being written. Um, really excited about that. Um, I have a huge, huge event that I'm doing this Saturday from Saturday to Wednesday. You mean besides jumping out of an airplane? I know, right? No, this is big. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's a, a really, teaser. It's a really big event that I'm um, very, very honored and grateful to be part of. And I believe that it's going to give me more clarity in my mm, path and what I'm forward. doing. Yeah. And how I'm going to be able to give this to the masses. Yeah. Mm. You know, as, as we've gone over your story tonight, as we wrap this up, you know, I think about how you said as a kid, I didn't fit in no, and I couldn't be real. I had my skater friends, but I couldn't be real. You adapted to being alone. No, no, no. Like that's, that's, it, that stuck out to me. I wrote it down. You adapted to being alone. And like, I feel like in so many ways you could tie that into so many different things about what we do. Um, and I'm sorry, Jay, I completely right. took over, but it, but, but that's part of his story. You know, it is. He adapted to it. And where I was going was, you know, okay. So you're a young kid and you can't be real. There's nobody to be real with. So then you get friends and you get the party crowd. You can't really be real. Right. You go to prison, well, you damn well better not be real. Yeah, no, or you're going to no. get chewed up. And so finally, you have this transformation. You have all this. One get, of the first things I did when I got out was was dance. Because <laughs> was, was you certainly da- hadn't danced. Was was dance. And not, of, of course, in the comfort of my own self. But right. uh, yeah, because I could never do that in there. No. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get out into a world that now isn't real. Mm. And that it's filtered. And so now you're all the way to a point where you're ready to be real and the world isn't. Mm. And so that's why I appreciate so much your passion to be real and to help people to do that. And I think a lot of life is finding people who get it, you know, and that's why, you know, we're honored to have you here tonight. And the fact that you can be so open and you can be so honest and for maybe, you know, these last eight years of your life, you can be vulnerable and and Mm. we're honored to have that relationship you. with you, you and people will reach out to you if they can and send you a note or whatever through your websites, all that kind of fun stuff and corporations that want to hire you and have you speak to their employees and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, boys, anything in conclusion? I don't know. We should probably do a part two at some point. I would love to. Right, let's have him back. I would love to. Yes. All right. Chris. Yeah. It's just been a yes. pleasure to have you, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> And that's it for episode 106. We will definitely have information on Joseph Jason uh, on our website, show notes. So please look him up there and, and find out about his motivational speaking and upcoming events. And if you can, give us a like or follow on social media. Visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can also take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye.
See you guys. And ladies. I'm going to go make some lemonade. Bye. Why can't I just have a good that's a good ball 